0: Tony Thaxton here. A quick note before the show starts, you might be able to hear a lot of background noise right here. I'm in my car driving. It's been a chaotic uh, week. I am currently moving, and I wanted to get this episode done for this week, but just moving chaos uh, did not allow that to happen. So, this is going to be a Bizarre Singles episode from the Patreon my apologies, I hope you understand. We all know how much of a pain in the ass moving is. So I wanted to still give you something this week. So I hope you enjoy this Bizarre Singles. And I promise I'll be back next week with a new episode. All right, take it away, me. Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great song. But I also love those strange songs that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Singles. That's a song called The Heat in Me by Linda Clifford from 1985. Though she'd been releasing music since 1972, Clifford had bounced around several different labels, and by 1985, she was on a small label called Red Label Records out of Chicago. The label was owned by Richard Meyer. Meyer had come from the advertising world, where he excelled. In 1977, he'd become president and CEO of the Joven Incorporated Perfume Company, is it Joven? It might be Hoven. I'm not sure. Just bear with me. Under his leadership, their sales quadrupled. In 1981, he made Joven Presents The Rolling Stones happen, the first time there had ever been corporate sponsorship on a rock and roll tour. Richard Meyer had met Chicago Bears wide receiver Willie Galt. In addition to playing football, Galt was also trying to have an acting career, and he had met Meyer through his agent. Meyer asked Galt to appear in Linda Clifford's The Heed and Me video as a fireman. After the video shoot, Meyer threw out the idea to Galt about a Chicago Bears music video. In 1985, the Chicago Bears were not only a phenomenon on the field, they were a pop culture phenomenon. To the man who gave new meaning to the word big, who ate 72 hamburgers at halftime, to win the refrigerator Perry, the Mr. Big Napkin Award. It was just a snack. To the man who single-handedly wiped up the NFL, the Mr. Big Paper Towel Award. Is took both hands. A man so big, yet so gentle. The Mr. Big Bath Tissue Award. Imagine, a Mr. Refrigerator and Mr. Big. Easy fridge. Rookie William the Refrigerator Perry was showing up in lots of commercials. Even head coach Mike Ditka was popping up in commercials, too. They had, at the time, the NFL's all-time rushing leader, Walter Payton, and they had what's perhaps the most dominant defense in the history of the NFL. And they also had a quarterback nicknamed the Punky QB, who was known equally for his on-field play and his troublemaking. Here he is on Late Night with David Letterman in 1985. Listen, now let's talk about the headband. Tell me the beginning of the headband. (laughs) Well, uh, I've been wearing Adidas for four years now, and I started wearing their headband. They brought one out. Uh, oh, they make a fine headband, don't they? <laughs> I just don't like the helmet rubbing on my head. So, uh, from, from a practical standpoint, you needed something right. to comfort your head. Sure, right. okay. So I started wearing it, and I got a, a $5,000 fine from the commissioner for wearing it two weeks ago. And uh, our... Uh, owner Mike McCaskey asked me not to wear the Adidas headband for the previous game or the last game. So I decided not to wear that one, but I made one of my own. It was very funny. I got it for you. Oh, you brought the headband? Did did anybody tell you not to wear this headband, the Roselle headband? No, they love this one. Yeah. Here's my Roselle one. The headband they're referring to was just a white headband that he wrote Roselle on in honor of Pete Roselle, the NFL's commissioner at the time who had fined McMahon. In the oral history of the Super Bowl shuffle, Willie Galt told Grantland in 2013, quote, We were so big that year. There had been the Black and Blues Brothers poster for the linemen and a lot of commercials, so it wasn't against the room to do this. It was just like a commercial almost, except that this would be for charity. Everyone in the video would be paid some nominal fee, but the main purpose was that we would give the money to the neediest families in Chicago. Red Label agreed to that. End quote. Richard A. Tufa was lined up as one of the song's producers. Tufo had been an arranger and a keyboard player for Curtis Mayfield. The other producer was Bobby Daniels. Daniels was Kenny Rogers' drummer for 12 years, even playing on perhaps Rogers' best-known song. You got to know when to hold up Know when to fold up Know when to walk away And know when to run You never count your money When you're sitting at the table Counting when the done. That's right, the co writer of the Super Bowl Shuffle played drums on The Gambler. Daniels came up with the song's groove on a Lynn 9000 drum machine. The original intent was for the song to be based off a bit from the old Amos and Andy show, with a character called Kingfish. It was going to be an Amos and Andy rap called The Kingfish Shuffle. After they sent The Kingfish Shuffle to Red Label, the label turned it down. But Richard Meyer heard it, and he told Willie Galt that he had an idea. And it was now Willie Galt's job to see if he could get any of his teammates on board to record a song. Galt ended up getting ten of his teammates, some more reluctant than others, to agree to record the song. There are uncredited background singers singing the chorus with Bears singers singing over the top of them. The song was credited to the Chicago Bears shuffling crew, which consisted of Willie Galt, Mike Richardson, Gary Fensick, Jim McMahon, Steve Fuller, Otis Wilson, Mike Singletary, William the Refrigerator Perry, future Super Bowl XX MVP Richard Dent, and Walter Payton. Payton was no stranger to music. He was a singer, drummer, and bass player already. Here's a clip of Peyton playing drums and singing lead vocals with the Chicago Six, a so-called supergroup consisting of three Chicago Bears and three Chicago Blackhawks in 1987 from foundfootagefest.com. Players had not actually told the team's owners or their head coach Mike Ditka that they had recorded the song until it was already done and they were planning a music video. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. They planned to shoot the music video the day after their Monday night football game against the Miami Dolphins. The only teammates that Galt had asked to appear on the song and said no were Dan Hampton and Steve McMichael. They both didn't want to do it because of superstition or just seeming too boastful. They may have been onto something that game against Miami would be their first and only loss of the entire 1985 season. Well, they call me sweetness, and I like the dance. Running the ball is like Mickey Mo' Mance. We had the goals since training camp to give Chicago a Super Bowl champ. And we're not doing this because we're greedy. The Bears are doing it to feed the needy. We didn't come here to look for trouble. We just come here to the Super Bowl shop. This is speedy Willis, and I'm world-class I like running, but I love to get the pass I practice all day and dance all night I gotta get ready for the Sunday fight Now I'm as smooth as a chocolate swirl I dance a little funky, so watch me, girl There's no one here that doesn't like me My Super Bowl shuffle will set you free had let the entire team know about the video and invited anyone to take part that wanted to even if they didn't sing on the recording Despite the loss, most of the players still showed up for the video shoot the next day Walter Payton and Jim McMahon didn't film their scenes for a few more days. They filmed in front of a green screen and were cut into the video later. The video was directed by Dave Thompson. Along with the Chicago Bears shuffling crew doing some loose choreography, there were now additional players pretending to be the backing band, even including punter Maury Buford wearing a hat and sunglasses playing the cowbell. i the Punky QB known as McMahon. When I hit the turf, I've got no plan. I just throw my body all over the field. I can't dance, but I can throw the field. I motivate the cats, I like to tease. I play so cool, I aim to please. That's why you all got here on the double, to catch me doing the Super Bowl Shuffle. And the song became a hit. It went gold pretty quickly, and it ended up selling over 700,000 copies. There was also a VHS tape that accompanied it that sold over 170,000 copies. But the song wasn't entirely about the Bears. It actually states on the record company that "...a substantial portion of the proceeds from this record will be donated to help feed Chicago's neediest families." And that's something that ended up being a bit of a controversy later, as no particular percentage had been agreed upon in advance... But eventually over $300,000 in profits from the song and music video was donated to the Chicago Community Trust. Willie Galt told the Chicago Tribune, quote, If you listen to the record, it doesn't say we're going to the Super Bowl. We didn't say we were going to win the Super Bowl. It said we were going to do a dance, and it's the Super Bowl shuffle. End quote. But they did the Bears shut out their opponents in both playoff games on their way to the 46-10 win over the New England Patriots in Super Bowl XX. And at that time, it was the highest-rated Super Bowl in history. Leading up to the Super Bowl, in response to the Super Bowl shuffle, New England released a song of their own, though not actually performed by the Patriots. It's credited to the soundtrack studio singers. They beat the Jets and became contenders. Believe it or not, that song and the Super Bowl Shuffle were played heavily on MTV leading up to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl Shuffle peaked at number 41 on the Billboard Hot 100 in February of 1986. Maybe even the most surprising thing, at the 1987 Grammy Awards, the nominees for Best R&B Performance by a Duo or Group were Kiss by Prince and the Revolution, Promise by Sade, Raisin' Hell by Run-D.M.C., Real Love by Ashford and Simpson, Word Up by Cameo, and the Super Bowl Shuffle by the Chicago Bears shuffling crew. But not surprisingly, Prince won. All right, before wrapping up here, let me circle back to the song's co-producer and co-writer Bobby Daniels. As I said earlier, he was Kenny Rogers' drummer for 12 years. Well, on August 15th, 1988, Bobby Daniels allegedly shot and killed his ex-wife, Sylvia Coakley, after a domestic fight. And on July 27th, 1989, he was found guilty in Nashville for murder and sentenced to 35 years in prison. Seriously. The guy who co-wrote the Super Bowl shuffle and played drums on the gambler. What else can I say? I, that's... It's a weird way to end, but it's it's what my research has told me. See you guys soon. You're looking at the fridge, I'm the ricket. I may be lost, but I'm no dumb cookie. You see me hit, you see me run. When I kick it past, we'll have more fun. I can dance, you will see the